Hey, welcome to Conversations on the Co-Mission, a podcast where we're talking about the topics, the trends, and the issues and missions that impact missionaries and the churches that partner with them. My name is Tony Balava. With me today is Stephen Madoff. Well, hey there, Tony. As always, it is good to be with you today as we are going to tackle one of those questions that get asked a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I hear it, and I am sure Number you do. Number one question. And is, this is, if you were to take a survey of the top 10 questions that people in missions or people Pastors. in... Pastors. Yeah, yeah, in any ministry, really, yep. uh, get asked, yep. I would tend to think that this question would be... Number yeah. one. <laughs> it, I, I am sure, at least in my life, it is number one. I, in fact, I knew when we were starting this podcast, which we are now creeping in towards our one-year uh, anniversary of doing 52 episodes. And we haven't gotten in trouble yet. I know. We're still st- still going <laughs> along strong. I knew that somewhere along the line, uh, we would have to tackle this question. And in fact, when when you and I sat to write down a list of different topics, you know, we're kind of like, can we come up with enough topics mm. for an ongoing podcast series? Right. Uh, this was one that I, I remember in the like one of the first three topics that we actually wrote down. Yeah. But yet we have not tackled it until today because we didn't know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Okay, we'll left them in suspense long enough. It mm-hmm. is the question of how do I know if I'm called of God to missions or not? Like or put it more simply, how do I know God's will for my life? Mm-hmm. And that is a huge question I get asked. I know when I go to churches, mm-hmm. uh, particularly by young people, but not always by young people. It's always those folks who are like maybe at college or in that mid early twenties, and mm-hmm. they're thinking about the next phase of life. And so it's kind of mm-hmm. like, how do I know what God's will is for my life? And then of course, yeah. when it comes to uh, missions, then it's always like, well, how do I know if I'm called to missions? How do I know where I'm called? Uh, how how did you know that you're called to a certain country, a certain people group, mm-hmm. certain region of the world? How, 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 how? All of those questions. Um, and it is a it is a basic question, but it is a great question. Yeah, I think I think so. and I think I think so many people struggle with it because it seems to me for some reason, um, we have presented the idea as being very, very difficult to know. Mm-hmm. That it's really super hard to know what God wants me to do, which if you really just kind of think about that at its very core, and uh, I actually we are just coming off of um, a, a great week here, Camp Bimmy, and one of the topics uh, around a dinner table with one of the students I was sitting with this past week was this very idea you know, to be honest, he was almost a little cynical about it, was kind of like, well, you know, how could I really, I mean, how would you ever know that God wanted you to do anything at all? Mm. I usually I usually start with a really simple statement. If you want to know God's will, give him yours. And and that's pretty pretty simplified, but there's Bible behind that, and we'll get to that eventually. But I said to him, I said, I bet you know Ephesians 2, 8, 9. He said, yeah. I said, do you, have you ever memorized verse 10? 
And yeah. he said, no, I have no clue what verse 10 says. <laughs> and I said, He wouldn't well, be the only one. There's uh, no, a lot he, of others he who would have no clue he what wouldn't. that is. He <laughs> wouldn't. And I'm not laughing at him. I'm just saying yeah. that, that is, that's the reality. Yeah, Everybody knows Ephesians 2, 8, 9, you know, for by grace are you saved. And, but verse 10, for we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And so clearly that verse tells us that God created us with purpose and has a purpose for our lives. And if that be true, and it is, why in the world would he hide it from us? Why would he make it difficult for us to know? Because clearly he's our father, our heavenly father. And one of the things we can do to please him is his will. And so why would he hide it from us? But we've made it so difficult and I think sometimes even so mystical and we we kind of build missionaries up and we're like only super spiritual giants can know the will of God for their lives. I I have heard lots of different varying answers to that question like how Mm -hmm. do you know God's will for your life. Mm -hmm. Some are just very generic in general and then some are if I can say, for lack of a better way of describing it, just kind of way out there a bit. (laughs) Like it's almost as if the stars all have to Mm -hmm. align in a perfect way and this works with that Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. And voila, (laughs) this is how you know God's will. So it is not as challenging as we sometimes tend to make it. You have have this other aspect of like uh, that people kind of tie with it. Uh, as far as a burden and a call, you know, yeah. do I feel called mm-hmm. to missions? Do I have a burden for missions? Mm-hmm. We know a couple things clearly in Scripture. Yeah. God is not willing that any should perish. Mm-hmm. God wants to use the church. Mm-hmm. God has given us the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Yeah. And uh, and there's a couple other things you find very clearly in Scripture. Mm-hmm. I mean, very mm-hmm. clearly that we should be sanctified. This is God's will for our life, that we be sanctified. Uh, all these things, uh, that we be thankful, mm-hmm. um, spirit-filled. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we add like eight or nine or ten different things to the list that God has clearly <laughs> listed on how to know what his will yeah. is. Um, you mentioned the burden and the call, and maybe those aren't always identical. And one of the classes, uh, a brand new class at Camp Emmy, a great, great topic, you know, uh, surrender to go, call to stay. And maybe in another podcast, we'll talk more about that in the specific details. But um, I know for me, um, I was saved as a, uh, as an adult, I didn't, I didn't know anything about the call of God and, and all I didn't, I, I mean, I had no biblical background. So, you know, my testimony would be, I went to the place that God did call us to, um, on vacations. And, you know, I would use what Jeremiah said, my eye affected my heart. There is a reason, by the way, why we produce videos and those kinds of things, mm-hmm. because our eye does affect our heart. And I came back and talked to my pastor and said, there's a need, I'm going. That was literally it. There's a need, I'm going. He said, well, you have to know you're called. (laughs) I I had never even heard the term before. I I, I didn't. And and I joke about it because to me it's so funny now. And I would never have been disrespectful to my pastor, but I literally said to him, I said, called? You mean like on the phone? (laughs) What are you talking about? Oh, you so innocent young man you were. I had no idea. And and my response to him was, and he tried to explain the call of God. And and it did sound kind of mystical when he explained it. 
And I said, you know, Pastor, I don't know anything about any of that stuff. Here's what I know. There's a need up there. As far as I know, nobody's nobody's taking care of it. So I'm going to go. I volunteer. Yeah. <laughs> and and I do think that that's part of knowing God's will is that we just volunteer. And he he kind of put the brakes on and he said, "Look, it, here's what I I would encourage you to do." He said, "If you will say to God, I'll do anything. I'll go anywhere. I will uh, I'll I'll do it anytime you want me to do it. I'll stay if you want me to stay. I'll go if you want me to go." Um, I don't remember him ever giving me any Bible references whatsoever. He said, but if you'll do that, I promise you, God will show you clearly whether you should stay or go. And being a brand new Christian, I just took him at his word. Now, fast forward to, you know, however many years later, a couple few decades later, actually, I know there's Bible for that mm-hmm. advice, that there's real biblical reference for that. And and I would always, normally I go to Romans 12, 1 and 2. And as a young Christian, I totally misunderstood Romans 12, 1 and 2. I heard it preached numbers of times, and everybody always kind of stopped at, don't be conformed. And then with my limited knowledge of the Bible as a young Christian, I looked at that word prove, and my idea was, okay, if I do these checklists that I just heard this guy preach on, on Mm. don't be conformed, I'll prove to everybody what is God's good and acceptable and perfect (laughs) will. I'll be a model and show everybody. (laughs) And and that was my thought. And then I actually took time to study it and realized that the word prove means discern. And verse two is a great promise in a follow-up to what God says. He says, look at if you'll surrender... I will let you be able to discern my good, acceptable, and perfect will. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say, if you want to know God's will, give him yours and he'll show you what he wants you to do. It's really that simple. And it's it's always super interesting to me uh, that when I tell people that a lot of times they're like, the light, you see light bulb gone. They're like, I never considered that before. Yeah. But there is a hard part to it too, right? Because surrender is not natural to us. Oh, so absolutely. There is, it, it is, it's easy to know. It may not be as easy to follow through. Yeah. And so surrender and submission maybe. When someone comes to me and says, what is God's will for my life or how can I know God's will for my life? Uh, I tell them, go through the scriptures and look and do a study on what is listed as the specific will of God. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned some of them already that we need to be saved, spirit-filled, sanctified, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And and tell them, if you do those things, I believe there's seven seven or eight specific things of the Mm -hmm. will of God that we see in the New Testament, that if they do those eight things, then... God's going to use them in some way, in some capacity, wherever they're sure. at. And and it's kind of like, you know, well, if you're doing those eight things, then you could do really whatever you want in the service of God because you are surrendered, you're spirit-filled, you're sanctified. It's not like you're living yeah. to the flesh and to your right. own p- purposes right. and pleasures. You're surrendering, you're thanking him for all things. Mm-hmm. You're trying to uh, have that intimacy with him that w- we should desire. And yeah. as we do that, and then if God... God can use us anywhere. I don't think that, you know, we've heard this, I'll put it this way. We've heard Dr. Sis say that you can't reach the wrong person with right. the gospel. Right. Uh, you're not going to get to heaven and be like, man, you, re- you reached that Japanese person, but I really wanted you to reach that African person. Right. I, I believe that if I'm doing those things that are specifically declared in Scripture, 
Then I recognize my life is called to serve and represent him. Mm -hmm. So I can represent him here in the United States or I can serve and represent him overseas. Mm -hmm. And and I'm still doing the will of God. Mm -hmm. So I think that there is starting off a very, there's a lot of freedom in doing the will of God. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing the foundational seven or eight that are there. Then also, I know from my life and in, in talking to many, many people, that God at times and very often gives a very specific place to go to, mm-hmm. a specific people group, a specific locale in the, in the world. Like I know that for me, God gave me Australia. He used situations. He used scripture. Mm-hmm. He used all these things to kind of mold my heart to have a passion for the people of Australia. Mm-hmm. And so it would have been wrong of me then, knowing that this is what God has burdened me for and really laid in my mind and heart, for me to then go someplace else. Hmm. Because God had given me a specific direction on which to, in a sense, travel and pursue. Mm-hmm. But if he had never done that, then I, I honestly feel like I could do anything and still be glorifying him and being obedient to him in any in that way well i think i think you hit on a couple really important points number one um you talked about being spirit filled we understand that that means the spirit is in control and then you use the word doing a couple times just doing what the will of god in Mm -hmm. a very general sense as it's outlined for us in the new testament and um I guess, you know, I would think of Acts chapter 16, we always kind of zero in on the Macedonia call, but just prior to the Macedonia call, Paul was doing the will of God. From what we know about Paul, we can be pretty confident he was filled with the Spirit, doing those things that are outlined in the uh, in the New Testament for us regarding the will of God. And he had a great desire to reach people in the northeast of where he was. He was trying to get to Bithynia and Phrygia, and the Holy Spirit of God put the brakes on and twice says, uh, yeah, no, you can't do that here. And so I think as we're doing, we can know... Uh, and be redirected as we're yielded to the Spirit so that he can say, yeah, that's not exactly the direction I'm leading you or I want you to go. And then comes the Macedonian call and Paul ends up going southwest as opposed to northeast. Um, And again, but we see that surrender because he says, and immediately we endeavored to go. Um, But here's what, I don't know, you probably hear this as often as I do. If God would show me his will, I would do it. Mm-hmm. And my follow-up question is, what are you doing right now? Mm-hmm. Because uh, we hear the illustration, we've heard it before, we probably both have used it at some point, a, a car in motion is easier to steer than a car that is in the parking lot, mm-hmm. sitting still. And um, when, when the first missionaries were called out of the church at Antioch, Paul and Barnabas separate them unto the work when I've called them. By the way, that's a really interesting thing, because we have made missions all about a place. And we say, if I, when I know the place, I'll go. But the Holy Spirit did not say, separate them to this place. Separate them to the work when I've called them. Mm-hmm. And since Jesus is the, the Lord of the harvest, he's the foreman, he gets to tell us what place we're going to work. And maybe one day it's this place, and maybe three years later it's this place, or maybe it's always the same place. But we are so focused on the place that we forget that it's just work. And if we would be busy about the work— where we are, then we might be easier to be directed to what God wants us to do and where he wants us to do it. But 
I think part of the problem is that people have this idea, well, I'm just going to sit around and wait for the will of God. And when God shows it to me, I'll do it. And and I think, you know, we tell our missionaries in candidate school often, you know, if you're not a soul winner here while you're on deputation, you won't be a soul winner when you get to the field. Um, and I think if you're not interested in just being busy about the work of God here, even if God wrote it across the sky in, you know, in full technicolor, you probably still, even though you say you would do it, you may not because what would change all of a sudden? Uh, and so I think that that doing part that you that you hit on is so very important that we need to be busy doing. And then the Holy Spirit of God can direct us. And I think he does that through his word as well. And, and that's really an important part of this. Yeah. And the, one of the things I love about Acts 16, what you mentioned there about Paul and the Macedonian call and, and things of that nature, is that as Paul was going, there was a very clear moment where the Holy Spirit said no. Like, mm-hmm. it, to use the vernacular that we often use, God closed that door. Right. And and redirected him very specifically, come over here with the vision that he had uh, to go to Macedonia. And then you see him show up in Philippi and so on and so forth. Um, but you, you don't see that very specific call in all the places that Paul went to. Right. You saw a man that had a burden that the world mm-hmm. would know the gospel. He had a heart always for the the Jew uh, that never escaped him, but he knew God called them to be the apostle to the Gentiles, to open their eyes, to make to 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 let them know the truth of, of Jesus Christ. And he's traveling along and going to different places. We don't see him praying, saying, "God, should I go to Corinth or right. not?" Uh, we don't see him saying, "God, should I go to Ephesus mm-hmm. or not?" Mm-hmm. It, it he is just working and moving and trying to reach people with the gospel. And it took him to places like Athens. It took him to uh, big towns and small towns. And what we see now so often is that people don't want to move. And as you use the illustration of like the parked car, people don't want to move. So they're just going to sit in in their local church and never move until they have some kind of Macedonian call that may come to them about come over here, but God doesn't always give that Macedonian call. We only see it in rare occasions uh, in the epistles. A lot of times it's just, I'm going, I'm traveling, I'm moving because Mm -hmm. I want to reach people with the gospel. Uh, I, I know I've talked to folks, even not just necessarily about missions, but just in ministry, I've gone to churches where they're, you'll meet people and they'll be like, oh, I'm surrendered to um, to preach, and they never go anywhere. They, they You know how many churches could use preachers? They feel mm-hmm. called, surrendered to, like, called to preach, and they're willing to go, but they own, their solution to that is, I'll preach when the pastor is away on vacation or something, and they're mm-hmm. never going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, get moving, do something, yeah. you know, and... Pursue, seek a church, find what, where you can go. And if God closes the door, great. And if God opens it and allows you to continue pursuing, fantastic, enjoy, Let, as long as you're doing those seven or eight basic foundational things of what the specific will of God is. And to me, I'm convinced if you do those seven or eight basic things, then there's lots of freedom until or unless God gives you a very specific place like, again, I know I'm specifically supposed to be here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, doing this role as yeah. Southeast Asia director. Mm-hmm. God gave me a verse of scripture 
to seal in my heart, to mm-hmm. anchor, to have that anchor uh, on on my ministry. But if if he had not, then I think there would have been lots of liberty as to what I can do as long as, again, I'm serving him and obeying his specific wills. Of yeah, will command. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I I think as as we go through that and we're serving and um, you know you mentioned Paul, he gets that really specific call to Macedonia, but he did say to the church at Rome in Romans fifteen, I think it is. He said, "Look, for many many years I've wanted to get to you, and now I finally think I can, and I, I plan to go to Spain." We don't see any specific call given to Paul to go to Spain, but he was. He was on the move. He was he was carrying out mm-hmm. the Great Commission, and and I do think that obviously missions is carrying out the Great Commission. But if we're not doing that in our local church, even even if you don't say, you say, well, I don't know if I'm called to preach. I don't know if I'm called. Start with the very basics. Just get out and and be involved in soul winning and doing those things in your local church. And the more you are busy in the work, the more you can discern what it is God wants you to do. And I agree with you that that when you do get those very specific calls, uh, they're not going to come to you probably the way that Paul saw the vision and the Macedonia, you know, if, if that happens, probably it was a pepperoni pizza more than it was <laughs> anything else, because that's not how God works any longer. Right. Now God, we have, Paul didn't have God's completed word right. when, when he got the Macedonian call. We do. We have a more sure word of prophecy. And I believe wholeheartedly that what God uses now is his word. And you use that phrase to anchor us to a certain place. That's something that Old Testament saints understood. David says, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Mm -hmm. So the word can direct us and give us clear direction on what we're supposed to do and where we're supposed to go. And uh, I have always in my Christian life endeavored, and I've, I've done the same with my children, those who have had opportunity to influence as a pastor or something. Um, I've always said, look at major, major decisions. Have a Bible verse that God spoke to your heart mm-hmm. and gave to you. Uh, because, number one, then you know I am moving in accordance with his will because his will will never contradict his word. His word will never contradict his will. But then, like you said, that anchor, when, when times get tough, and it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when times get tough, you can go back and say, but I'm still doing what God called me to do. And, and until he changes that, I'm obligated at that that point, if I want to be obedient, to stay there. Mm-hmm. Can he change it? Absolutely. Paul got the Macedonian call, but he didn't stay in Macedonia for the rest of his life mm-hmm. in ministry. God moved him. Again, I, we don't have the specific occasions on how and when he did that. But just studying Paul's life, we have to be at least convinced that he was pretty concerned with being in the will of God. Yes. Um, if the Holy Spirit could say, well, Paul wanted to go to Mysia and Bithynia and say, no, you can't, and he would stop dead in his tracks and redirect and literally go in a completely opposite direction, physically speaking, then you have to believe that that was a pretty consistent habit and pattern in his life. But, you know, I do think that we need to really look to God's word for that. But I, I, I think also... We can look to people who God puts in our lives to help us along that path and start that journey. Um, 
Acts 13, the first the first missionaries called out of the church at Antioch, separate Paul and Barnabas into the work I've called them to. The church recognized this call upon Paul and Barnabas' life, and they gladly send them forward. Um, I'm going to go back and, and say this. I think it would have been hard for the church to recognize that call if they hadn't been busy in the ministry yep. where they already were. Yep. You know, people might say, well, what do you mean you're going to go do this? You haven't done anything here. Um, but I think that we can get started on the journey with direction from people who God puts in our lives, our pastors, mm-hmm. um, Sunday school teachers. Um, you know, God has given you and I and other directors here. Um, uh, Dr. Snyder, Dr. Godfrey, the opportunity to be out in churches and and have these conversations with people often, and I always tread lightly, um, and and because I I don't know that person specifically, but I can give them some some kind of general advice like we're talking about now, and and still say you know if you're at a, a church for a week or or for you know several day conference and you get to know a certain person maybe some you get to know better than others you can recognize some gifts that they have and mm-hmm. point those out to them and say you know god could use this and talk to your pastor more about mm-hmm. how god might use that here and then maybe in the future he'll use it in a greater way and and uh maybe he'll and maybe that's not even the right way to say it a greater way just in a, in a, in another way in a different place if that's yeah. what he wants and so i think we have to be careful to listen to other people and you know the proverbs tells us often that there's there is wisdom in a multitude of counselors and so listen to spiritual people or people that you know you can trust with spiritual advice yeah i think the the, the nutshell of it all for me is that we are called to to proclaim christ and be his ambassadors and we're mm-hmm. all given the ministry of reconciliation. Right. Yep. And so uh, I can do that wherever I'm at. I should mm-hmm. be doing that wherever yeah. I'm at. Yeah. There are times definitely that you see, again, in Scripture, Philip was called to go to that Ethiopian eunuch. Yep. A very specific thing. You see, Jonah was called to go to the, the people of Nineveh. Very specific thing. Mm-hmm. We've obviously talked about Paul already. And and God does do, does do that for many people, mm-hmm. gives a very specific people, group, or locale that he wants them to go to mm-hmm. and and confirms that with Scripture. Yeah. You know, I could tell you the verse of Scripture, God used the seal in my heart to go to Australia. Mm-hmm. And, and that's an anchor, as yeah. we mentioned. Um, but then, if, if, if I have a heart for ministry and I realize, okay, God wants to use me in some capacity, then, man, look for opportunities. Yeah. If you never got that specific, look for opportunities in your church or even go, hey, you know what? There's people in Southeast Asia that don't know the gospel. I could do. I could be used of God to fulfill that. Go. And if God shuts the door, fantastic. Then you know, okay, the Bithynia thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if not, keep traveling through. Let God mm-hmm. use you. It It is not as hard as people make it. No. It is not as no. mystical. It's not for only specific people. God wants every believer to have the ministry of reconciliation, yep. that we mm-hmm. are those earthly vessels that have this great treasure of the gospel, yeah. and we are to be his ambassadors, all of those verses that we hear preached. Mm-hmm. But it's not just for a few. Mm-hmm. It is for all who are called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. And so, you know, I try to just encourage people, God has a purpose for you do it. You're never. You're not called to yeah. be a nurse. You're not called yeah. to be a teacher. You're not called to be a 
policeman. That is your occupation, and God may use you to be the representative in that, mm-hmm. but I'm called to be a witness, an ambassador, and mm-hmm. he may use me in the field of nursing, or he yeah. may use me in mm-hmm. the field of policing. Yeah. He may use me in a business. That could yeah. be, yeah. but that's not my job. Mm-hmm. That's not my calling. My calling is represent Christ, and then God yeah. may specifically put in my heart a, yeah. even an occupation to do, if not a locale, an occupation. Mm -hmm. And in that, I represent him. Yeah. I mean, it's not if you'd like to be an ambassador. It's now then we are ambassadors, Mm -hmm. 2 Corinthians 5.20. And so, you know, I've told people um, many times, it's not a matter of whether we're ambassadors or not. It's just a matter of whether we're good ambassadors or bad ambassadors, Mm -hmm. doing the job or not doing the job. Um, and, And you're right. No matter where we are, we are called to be ambassadors for Christ. And you can do that being a police officer or a nurse or a doctor mm-hmm. or uh, anything else under the sun if that's what God wants for you. But if you are carrying out these steps we talked about, you'll know if he wants you mm-hmm. to be a nurse or a doctor that's and right. be an ambassador yep. as well. Um, it's not an ambassador in addition to, it's really ambassador and in addition to that, I am a, I'm a police officer mm-hmm. or I'm a nurse or I'm yes. a doctor. I'm an ambassador, and in addition to that, I am a missionary or a pastor. Um, And so really excellent point that that we all, if we would be busy about that and all these other steps, you know, spirit-filled, sanctification, all these things, pretty easy for God to say, this this is what I want you to do. And again, I'm going to go back to right where we started. Why in the world would he hide it from us? Yeah. Uh, You know, but why why do we make it so difficult? And... And think, oh, only certain people can know that. No. Um, If he's our Heavenly Father, and he is, and he's created us unto good works in Christ Jesus, which he has before ordained that we should walk in them, order our lives in them. When I want my my kids to clean their room or take out the trash, I don't hide it from them. I just say, Mm -hmm. hey, look it. Take out the trash or, or clean your room or whatever the case might be. And, you know, if we're... If we're that sensitive to the leading and surrendered to the leading of God in our lives, then it'd be pretty easy for him to to direct us. And I just heard, I think it was our European director, Ed Hembry, give a really great testimony on this um, during Camp Bimmy. And he said, you know, I told God a very long time ago, anytime, anywhere, any place, And by God's grace, I've endeavored to keep that at the forefront of my life. And he said, and for me, I don't ever really struggle and figure out what God wants me to do. It's usually pretty easy for me to to know that. And uh, and again, it just comes back to that that willingness to full and complete surrender and submission to to follow through with what God shows us. I do think there is... a fine point of distinction to be made between surrender and submission. And maybe that's a topic for another mm. day because we can be surrendered, surrendered, surrendered. And then God says, okay, here it is. And you're like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, so you have to, you know, surrender and then submit, I think. Um, but that's maybe a topic for another day because we are out of time. Mm. Um, man, there's a lot more we could talk about on this yeah. one for sure. Yep. But we're out of time. Maybe we can hit surrender, submission, uh, called you know, a, a burden to go, call to stay. I think that's a great topic. Um, I wish there were lots more who were surrendered to go. And and I think there would be a lot more going and less called to stay. Yeah. Um, but I think the problem is that many are just not 
surrendered fully to go even. Uh, if you want to know God's will, you have to be surrendered to go, um, no matter where that might be, even places you might not want to go. Um, yeah. But we're out of time. Thank you for spending this time with us this week. We hope that this uh, has been a, a help to you, an encouragement to you. Maybe you want to share this with somebody else who's been wondering about the will of God in their lives. So share this, and uh, you can reach out to us if you want some more information or just uh, start a conversation, connect with us. The information on how to do that is in the show notes. Until next time, have a great week in the Lord.